Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back of the Grid. I'm your host this week, Chris, and I'm joined as always by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hi. Um, and it, it started. We're in. We're in the season. That <laughs> was. You're right there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Lost for words. It was. It just... I'm just. It, it was. It was an exciting start to the season. What can I say? I. I thoroughly enjoyed that. It was. Did you? I did. I th- did it was you? a slow starting race. I thought, like, maybe it's just because like everyone was seemed really hyped to get this season going. I thought it maybe started a little slow, but I think that race ramped up very nicely. I really enjoyed it. Mm. You yeah, less towards convinced. the I mean, towards the end, it was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's true. There was some there was some good uh, good moves, good racing, good th- plenty happening. But yeah, it was one of those slow burns that sort of you had to sort of wait for it to, to mm. properly kick in. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I guess better that than have one of the slow burns that just never gets anywhere like we had yeah. a number of times just last conti- year. continues to burn slowly for eternity and nothing happens. Having, having um, re-watched the race through the Racing 30 that the F1 TV service does, I can confirm, compacted down to 30 minutes is excellent. <laughs> <laughs> However, stretched out to... An hour and twenty or whatever, an hour and fifteen. It's like as it, not, nothing that brilliant. It's a couple of, I imagine couple of good a very, performances, but I imagine there's a pretty big cut from like lap two to lap fifteen or something in that edit. But uh, give or take, yes. There's yeah. a, there's lap there's, one or two action. There's at least like and then ten laps. There's at least a ten lap jump. Yeah, must be. But anyway, um, let's just run through team by team and sort of assess their opening weekends of the season. Let's do it. Starting up up top with Red Bull, I mean, just utterly dominant, wasn't it? What more can you say? Like, yeah, Q1 I mean, and Q2, it was maybe looking like they might be run a bit close, but in the end, they locked out the front row with a not an enormous gap, but a decent enough gap. And then, I mean, Verstappen just basically went full pelt for the first few laps, pulled a gap, and just never look back I, yeah. I, I, I think when Sergio Perez is finishing 10 seconds behind Max Verstappen and he's still got another what I think 30 seconds back <laughs> to anyone mm. yeah it was 26 behind him. 26-ish seconds back to anyone behind yeah. Perez like it's hard to see I, I think you could put literally you could put a child in that car <laughs> Like it's that good. I mean, it's not that long since there was a child in that car winning races in Max Verstappen. So, but yeah, it's it's just they've made it so easy for him, haven't they? It's it's, they've made an absolute Red Bull done it again. They've just made an absolute demon of a car. And the the scary thing is that the general feeling from the paddock seems to be that they were cruising for at least the last third of that race, maybe even more. Like. Easy. To be that dominant and still have more in the tank to give is yeah. crazy. You, you know what? This race would have been one of those like all-time great Formula One races if Red Bull weren't in it. Yeah, because towards <laughs> the end, it was, it, it, they all came back together towards the end, like Alonso overtaking yeah. science for the what would have been the win. <laughs> if yeah, there were no Red Bulls. Like, yeah, just insane it would have been absolutely amazing but instead just two red bulls ran off and cruised away with it yawn mm-hmm. yeah um it's going to be one of those years where all the um the sports book providers are doing race without red bull for the winner 
it's usually race without championship as well at this point well yeah it's like it's one of those normally it's like mercedes and red bull ferrari it's usually like two teams race without them it's gonna be solely race without red bull this season for that i think um it could be formula 1.5 behind red bull i think remember when they did that when i think yeah i think they took mercedes and red bull out or was it just mercedes yeah that was that was either when they took mercedes and red bull out or just mercedes i can't remember but it's look like one of those few games, years ago, it? but it is, yeah. yeah. It it looks like they've somehow made what was a very 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 good car last year better because it's, it's and, not and, like and, and now no one's going to have the money to develop their way up to catch up to them either. No, you, you the budget theory, cap, no. they're not going to think. Be able I might have to... a question in the inbox about that. Actually, if I we've, remember, right, we've definitely like... got some questions related to that in the inbox. Definitely. Okay, okay. Yeah. I will hold. You're not alone in your thinking, Stu. Yeah, I will I will um, hang fire. I'll keep my powder dry for now then. Notable as well that Red Bull were the only one of the front running teams that did a two stop strategy with two stints on the softs and still finished the race with nearly new looking tires. Like Yeah. Yeah. Very impressive. I mean, and that was why like Perez found it so hard to get back past the club because second stint Perez went to the softs while everyone else was on the hards and just cruised up to yeah. him. Not that he would have had a hard time. I don't think he had to be on the same tire, but it just made it that much easier. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. You know, I didn't even see Verstappen through the whole race, other than like no. first lap, and then saw him no. for the last three laps because they do the thing where they follow the car around for three laps at the end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there was that one bit where he was like complaining a bit of his downshifts and that oh, lasted yeah. about a lap and then, yeah, I didn't see him again until the end. The corner. Basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it, ominous. Ominous signs for the rest of the season currently from them. Yes. Yeah. Well, if, if Checo doesn't get his ideas together, then it's going to be a dull one as well because you really want, uh, if, if you're going to have one dominant car, you need, you know, both team members to be both drivers to be yeah, like, on it and to be able to compete with each other. And at the minute, it doesn't even look like that. That that was a saving grace of like years like 2016 and such, wasn't it? Where you know the Merc was by far and away the best car, and no one was anywhere near it. But at least the two drivers were making it a two way fight, like between each yeah. other. But if it ends up just being Max running away from Perez all season, it's gonna get dull fast I'm, I'm afraid Jose in the chat has just said we need Rosberg not Bottas and as much as it pains me to say it that's completely right that's exactly what we need this season. yeah we need we need Rosberg here in Mercedes right now yeah for Red Bull um right let's move on to Aston Martin and I th- can we now say that the hype is real I know it's only been one race but I think we I- can I think in these high traction circuits, they will be a force to be reckoned with. I think there'll be times when Ferrari can probably compete with them a little bit better than they did this week. But I think what was really, really evident for that Aston Martin was, at least in Alonso's hands, it was incredible at getting the power down coming out of anything like, and getting the traction down. And that's what the Red Bull's been good at, which... Sort of, it kind of, I guess, shows you how much better a step up the Red Bull is from them because it's a similar characteristic to the Red Bull. And it's when the Red Bull and the Ferrari were quite close to each other, that was the characteristic that kind of gave, gave Red Bull the edge at certain circuits, if that makes sense. Um, so, to, I so agree. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. It's not even, it's not just 
corner exits though it's not just traction zones it's the brakes as no well. no that's yeah. that's just something that was like really really evident when alonso was making moves on um on the ferraris in particular like i mean he literally clattered into the side of carlos Sainz because <laughs> he put his foot down and the Aston yeah. just went and carlos yeah, was, was still trying to get everything hooked up and it's just it caught alonso grip, off man. guard how much quicker he was out of the corner like it was impressive. It is impressive what they've put it's together. It's just got so much more grip. <laughs> That's yeah. right. And it's better on its tires as well. Like, yeah, yeah it's, really good on its tires. That tires. car is genuinely, I think, from this one, from this early race. It's, it's, now, this race is a little bit of an outlier because it's very, very high deg circuit on tires. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it, it's not quite going to be the same, I think, at other circuits. But it's it i mean it's just so so quick and in the hands of alonso it, it just looked so lively and so seeing yeah. alonso racing the way he was oh, and overtaking was... and making moves right at the front of the field and just having the best time while yeah. doing it as well just a sight yeah. to behold eh? like just absolutely sending it every time and having you could see you could see with the attitude of the car that like he's just having the time of his life and it suits him as well like he has a very specific driving style and this yeah. really seems to suit him um yeah but you're right like going back to you saying about this being a bit of an outlying circuit we've got three very different circuits to open the season so i think if we come yeah. out of the first three races and it's still looking this good for them then i think we can safely say they are third maybe second fastest car on the grid do you think yeah do you think alonso would have chased down leclerc had he not retired yes i think he yes. might have he would have had a chance yeah yeah i don't know if he would have got by him but i think he probably would have caught him up mm-hmm. he might have it, I mean, maybe a second behind yeah because if, if alonso had had a better start he'd have been third way sooner in that race it's only really that he had to fight with mercedes after a sort of it wasn't necessarily a bad start. He just got kind of hung out through turn one and two. And well, lost places that he, way. he kind of chopped uh, Lance Stroll, I thought, a little bit, which led to the Lance Stroll almost going into, well, actually going into him. Yeah, he def- my he definitely God. Made, he, took a, he took a weird line through that corner. He was like really out wide. It looked like the space was there. And suddenly Alonso, a wild Alonso appears in front of you. And He definitely didn't seem to be looking in his mirrors, did he, at that point? No, but he's already, I mean, I think the uh, part of it, I, f- I would probably put shoulder the blame ever so slightly more on Stroll's oh, absolutely shoulders would. because he was going into that corner at an angle that was just never quite going to work anyway. He was steaming in there. Yeah, he was, and he was way too late on the brakes. I think he admitted himself that he made a bit of a mistake, but he probably wasn't expecting anyone to come across perpendicular to him yeah. at that point either. So, yeah. Um. But yeah, as I said, like he lost places from the start, but just made to chase down both Mercedes and pass them in what was, I mean, we're going to put with move of the day, but some of the best wheel-to-wheel racing we've seen in a while, I thought. Yeah. Um, and then, yes, yeah, your point earlier, Tom, like when he chased down Sainz, Alonso only had three lap younger tyres at that point, but it looked more like yeah. 23, like the way they were. It was just night and day difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, on, on Stroll then. So I've just grabbed a bit of inbox as like an opening gambit to talking about Stroll. Dan Instone wrote in to say, Hey man, how high has Lance moved himself in your estimations after finishing ahead of Russell after his preseason accident? And I guess conversely, was his participation a risk that shouldn't have been taken given his difficulties in practice and gripping the wheel? It didn't look to be struggling too much 
in the rest. Yeah, to me. I, I think no. there, were, there were one or two moments like um, he went wide at turn ten a couple of times and stuff, didn't he? And that's uh, that was probably a sign of maybe him struggling a little bit because he's got a he's got a pin in at least one wrist, hasn't he? Or is it both? I can't remember. But he's literally got a pin in there, exactly. hasn't he? Yeah. So like. I think that there's a couple of moments like that that probably highlight kind of how intense that probably is for him uh, driving the car. But we've got two weeks for another race. If he was mm. capable of doing what he was doing at this point, I think he'll be fine going into Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah, I think so as well. And I think, yes, he didn't. I think the. I don't think it was ideal the situation he was in in practice, but I don't think it was anywhere near as bad as I've seen some people make it out to be. But I imagine, no, like, I imagine he's, he's probably go on, Tom, go on, Chris. I say like he's he's an easy guy to criticise, and mm. a lot of the time he brings it on himself and like the way he's got to the seat he's in, you know, or whatever. But genuinely this weekend like the guy's gone up my estimation like to come back from what was it like 12 days previously he was being operated on not even that many and crazy. yeah like to come back and do what he did you know hats off to the guy like i think he did a good job and a lot of people tried to make a big deal out of that shot of like the engineers had like lifting him out of the car but like ultimately if he hadn't passed the FIA's test that you've got to be able to get out of the car yourself in like, what is it, five seconds? He wouldn't have been in there. And, you know, yeah. maybe he could do it, but it hurts. So it makes sense that when he's back in the garage, they do give him a hand getting I think out. But he's- that's kind of, yeah, that's where I sit with that. Like, it's a, he wouldn't allow to be in the car if he couldn't, con- you know, complete the test that they have to complete. And it is probably more just of a, I mean, like, how many drivers slightly different example but how many drivers use like a little step next to the car to get in and out of it they don't have yeah. that when they're getting in and out yeah, of exactly. it in other scenarios like it's just a ease of convenience thing for that moment like what's best for the moment so well it's like to avoid it's, putting it's just like it, it, it's the same thinking of of going around and doing a a, a warm-up lap and then doing a hot lap on, on your tires, right? Yeah. You don't use up your tires on the, yeah, the warm-up lap. You use you, yeah. know, you use them when you need them, and it's the same with that. You you go through that experience when you need to go through it, and if you could, if there's a way of avoiding going through that experience, yeah. completely for the rest of the time, then do that, don't you? Um, yeah. Sorry, Tom, yeah. I, I, like I thought he would. I steam. No, no. I, you, <laughs> he's he's the same point as what I was making, though, isn't it? It's like it's yeah, a that's... it's a matter of circumstance, like. If he doesn't need to put that strain on his wrist, like he's he's literally driving through multiple G corners, so like they're <laughs> going through break. enough as it is. Yeah, like yeah. If he wants a bit of help getting out of the car afterwards, like give him a break, man. Um, but yeah, I thought I was very impressed with him this weekend. Um, I thought he did a really good job under the circumstances. Yeah. I think yeah, I think considering the injury he's had, I, I couldn't you couldn't have expected much more from him really in that scenario. I don't think because with the way Alonso was like the way Alonso was hustling that car at the minute, there's some really good potential for them to get some double podiums. I think if scenarios play out, right. Yeah, them. definitely. Um, and as he gets back up to full strength, I would like to see how much closer he gets to Alonso as his recovery progresses. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. Um, right. Who's next? F- 
Ferrari. Ferrari, Ferrari. So Leclerc managed to qualify third, but he elected not to do the last running qualifying. Yes. In favour of saving a set of tyres for the start of the race. Which is an interesting choice. It didn't really work out, but maybe they knew. I think they knew they weren't going to be able to beat them. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think there was another two temps. There might be another temp, but I don't think there's another two temps in. It felt more to me like that was a a choice to try and protect them from the people behind than. I mean, you could argue that it kind of worked in that he took second off the line, but I don't think that's ultimately why no, they that made the that aim. choice. Yeah, the, yeah, mm. protecting from behind for sure. So um, Red Bull didn't have any... Well, they did the two runs anyway, so they, they had four sets of soft for the race, two hards and one medium, um, all used, except for... The, no, the two hards, sorry, were brand new, but everything else was used. Yeah, everything else was used. Um, I think Hamilton had one... No, Hamilton and Russell didn't have any new softs. Uh, they both the only, one run, didn't they? Yeah, Leclerc was the only yeah. one of the top drivers who had um, who had one set of of softs. And yeah, definitely, I think the the intention would have been to protect from behind. Which, if they'd not, I think it might have worked if they'd not um, had the retirement because. At the rate he was going, it would have taken Alonso maybe a, Alonso needed probably another temp for lap when he was chasing to to get mm-hmm. to him. But then by the point Alonso was chasing, he knew he wasn't going to catch Perez, and uh, Leclerc was already out of it. So we'll never yeah. really know. Like I think it would have been a close end to the race with those two. My heart of heart says. But my head says Leclerc would have maybe just won it because he had the tire advantage. The tire advantage. Yeah. But yeah, hard to say for sure, I guess. Yeah, um, very difficult to say. It's yeah. so early in the season as well. It's just impossible to really know the answers to that. I think, it's impossible I think the, the only times. thing, the only thing you can make an assessment about the Ferrari for definite at the moment is it's a tire muncher in comparison yes. to both the Aston and the Red Bull. Red Bull. That's his deficit at the minute. Not necessarily performance, but tyre usage. Especially somewhere and that's it's not high reliable deck. as well. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, there is that too. <laughs> Which is yes, the, it's one of the biggest yeah. things they needed to fix from last season was the reliability of the whole unit. Yes, and they do not seem to have done that. So Leclerc retired on lap 41, just lost engine power. Um, the worst of it being he had to take a new energy store and control electronics before the race both mm-hmm. of which you only get two of for yeah. the entire season. So he's already used yeah. all of them. Well, hopefully and they can fix s- that. They might be able to fix Yeah, that. it's possible, I suppose. But there are some reports that say the retirement was caused by another control electronics failure. And if that's the case, he's potentially already looking at a grid penalty for My race two. My goodness. Which is that atrocious. is insane. That is so yep. bad. Yeah. Bad, 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 bad. I mean, I don't know what else to say on Ferrari. Which means if that's if that's a, so that'll be designed to last like half half of a season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if he's on his third already, <laughs> he's definitely going to need another one at some point later down the line in the season as well. So I mean, he'll need sure. another one by Australia <laughs> at this rate. Might do if they can't fix it. <laughs> so yes, yeah. not a great so start for Ferrari. Uh, also, not a great start for Mercedes. Um, I've just got some quotes that I read from the team, basically. <laughs> Toto Wolff said it was one of the worst days in racing for the team. 
Hamilton said, uh, we know this is not the right car. We're the fourth fastest team. And George Russell said Red Bull have already got this championship sewn up and that he is already happy to write off this season to figure out what's wrong ahead of next year. Um, that started sixth and seventh, finished fifth and seventh in the end. Um, Hamilton was 50 seconds behind Verstappen, who was, as we know, was cruising. Yeah. Uh, it, I think it's time to admit that they've... Um... I mean, fair play to them for admitting that they've got it wrong. I mean, it's plain to see that they've got it wrong. But yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, they, they've given it a try, and um, it hasn't worked out. It's bad. So they've got they do have an update coming. I think for Imola, um, but that's probably only worth maybe three tenths ish. And obviously, everyone else is going to be upgrading as well in, in that time. So um, I look, they're probably staring down the barrel of a pretty difficult season i think i to think be as this well, pessimistic yeah this the, soon the fact that they they, they, they and they've said this they met their targets for for this car during development during 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 pre-season testing and it's still this far back means that the targets were obviously misaligned with what the expectation is of of where you're going to be in 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 the uh yeah in terms of pace, so yeah, they had the wrong. You know, the, the bar was set too low. Obviously, they've they've severely underestimated what Red Bull were doing. If they met the targets and are that far behind Red Bull, let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Grim, grim so, stuff. Yeah, they're, so they're saying they need to do a whole new concept of car. Um, that's been said by Toto, and then. Well, I mean, the question at that at this point now, and I don't think there's an answer to this at the moment, but it's like, when do you start putting it into that then? When do you, when do you, you know, you're not going to solve this overnight. So do you accept that you are where you are this season and you just from race one are like, right, we've done everything we we're going to do with that concept. It's a hangover concept from last year anyway, which we know didn't quite work last season. Let's go again. You know, when when does the B spec car show up? If is it even possible? Yeah, and in in your cost cap, you exactly. know, caps on testing time era, is there even a point to, you know, if you bring a B spec car that maybe can compete with Red Bull a third of the way into the season, you're still not going to beat them like over a season. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, gloomy, gloomy, gloomy stuff for Mercedes. Um, yeah. as bad as bad as it is, I still think certain members of the team are very over dramatic about the situation that they're in. That's all I'll say. This it, is one of the worst who, days well, in you, racing. Don't worry, you don't, have to, you don't have to hide. Like they're not going to come and get you, Tom. Say who? No, like, but <laughs> I just mean like that quote from Toto Wolf is one of the most dramatic things to say in that situation yeah but he, he, that's like you know immediately after the race where the emotions are still like super raw and they're embarrassed because they've just lost very heavily I think... it's the equivalent of losing 7-0 to your most bitter <laughs> rivals in a football game I mean there's I nothing mention. wrong with being disappointed and nothing wrong with expressing disappointment but I genuinely think to say this is the worst day in racing for Mercedes is a stretch by a long way do you not think it that's like a, a reflection of what it means for their season, though? There's, you know, no, I think it's just Toto Wolf that. being dramatic. 
mm. like he does. He does. He does it all the time. Him and Horner are as bad as each other for just saying these stupid, like, clippable, memeable one-liners that he's probably said it about four times already. Like, there's lit- literally a GIF in the Discord right now that uh, is proof of that. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just bad. It's just disappointing as well. Like, it's not even that I want to see Mercedes win the championship, although it would be nice to see someone other than Verstappen win the championship. I think for me, it's the, it's the fact that of the two teams that are supposed to be able to compete with this, you know, dominant Red Bull, neither of them look capable in fact they don't even look capable of fighting each other there's aston or martin. aston martin yeah aston martin yeah. Look, like the closest to red bull and even then they're still sort of a good way off way off like half you know half a minute behind over the course of a grand prix so yeah yeah yes yeah poor stuff it's rough um i'll move us on uh quick word on alfa romeo uh Bottas managed to go from 12th on the grid. He gained four places at the start. And then he managed to somehow stop early and undercut Alonso, Russell, and Stroll. He just like yeah. popped up in sixth place out of nowhere. Yeah, that was I weird, don't know how that. that happened. He must have had the in and out lap of his life to do that. Yeah. I was really um, surprised he, when I saw them behind him. I was like, hang yeah. on a minute, is this for position? The ghost of Bahrain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ultimately got repassed, but came home home eighth, pretty solid drive. Um, Joe was like never near the points, and then right at the end, he weirdly that he decided to sacrifice thirteenth place to finish sixteenth with the fastest lap. We got I mean, the eye on that right. championship, yeah. <laughs> and I think it was like one of the Alpines that had got it the was, fastest lap at that point. Anyway, it, wasn't it was even, Gasly, I think. From yeah, I think back. it was. You know, they what? nicked a point off Alpine. That kind, that's sensible. I think maybe if sort of they're close sense. together towards if the end think, of the yeah, if, they, if there's an opportunity to nick fastest laps, if you're well, one of those teams, even though you're not, Gasly would have got the point. Gasly yeah, would have got the point. Even if so you're not going to get the, even if yeah, exactly. Even if you're not going to get the point from it, stopping the other team getting the point, yeah, yeah. is potentially beneficial for you further down the line in the championship. Yeah. Some people are saying Ferrari told them to. Um, yeah, but what different? That. What difference does that make to a, a Alpine? Losing I guess point? in case Red Bull wanted to try and go for it on the last lap or something. But I think yeah, but, I think but, <laughs> Red Bull scoring extra points yeah. is the least of Ferrari's worries right now. Yeah, yeah. Also, that is hundred percent Alpha playing against Alpine. I don't 100%. think. Um, I don't think Ferrari have much say of about what goes on at Alfa Romeo these days. Since Audi, yeah, Audi considering they're now owned by Audi, but basically. More or less, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, um, not exactly, but yeah. Alpine, we just mentioned them. Oh, poor Esteban Ocon. Um, so we managed to drag the car into the top 10. Picked up a penalty for being incorrectly positioned on the grid. He was um, about a tyre's width wide of where he should be. So he got a five-second penalty for that. He also picked up some front wing damage on the first lap, so he came into service penalty, get a new wing, get back out. Um, they did the usual thing where everyone hovers around the car, wait five seconds, and then they do the work. Mm, However, except. except the FIA determined that a mechanic touched the car with a tool four tenths of a second mm. before they were supposed to. 
So as a result, he was then given a 10-second penalty for not serving the five-second penalty properly. And then... Um, <laughs> then, and then he came in for another pit stop and went 0.1 kilometers per hour over the speed limit, for which he picked up another five-second penalty. So he had to come in again to serve his 15 seconds that he picked up by that point. Went out and did a few more laps. And at that point, Alpine were just like, Rage you know quit. what? <laughs> we're done. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. That's literally like your first race on an online like sim race, isn't it? It was <laughs> just cock up repeatedly. Like, yeah. That and is, then just quit. An, that's an absolute shocker. That, I mean, Absolutely I was watching yeah, it with a friend of mine and we were in stitches. <laughs> seeing these penalties just coming up on top of the screen. It looked like there was a problem with like the, the yeah. system. It's like, I, what I, is I would have talked about these panels. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's another one. <laughs> um, contrasting fortunes on the other side of the garage, though, Gasly had a mare in qualifying, ended up last on the grid, but he managed to um, climb back up to finish in the points for his um, Alpine debut. Decent drive from him. Um, the the Alpine hype that was happening pre season seems to have died down completely now. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's doesn't seem that much to be hyped about there, but yeah, decent um, drive for Gasly. Uh, decent as well for Williams, who were far from the slowest team that everyone seemed to expect they would be um, pre season. Uh, Albon was fifteenth on the grid and managed to score a point for tenth place. Um, I thought Sargent had a pretty decent debut as well. He was only about two tenths off Albon in quali, and he was sort of flirting with the bottom end of the points at times as well. Um, fairly good all round at Williams, I thought. Yeah, it was a decent, better than I expected. Personally. For sure. Yeah, very good but, run. Yeah. Very good run. Decent. Um, then last couple to clean <laughs> up. Not Alpha. much more to say. No. Is there? <laughs> No. We thought they'd be terrible. They weren't that terrible. Uh, Alpha Terry did look pretty terrible. Yuki did an all right job to kind of club things back a little bit, but still out of the points. Um, I thought a bit of a bit of a reality check for Nick DeVries after the sort of the post Monza hype he got the seat on. Um, not so good for him this weekend. He was. No. Would have, would have been lasting qualifying if not for Gasly having a lap deleted. But Didn't really go anywhere in the race. I, I'll say it again. The deg at this race was strange. Like, watch, did, yeah. If anyone watched the F2 race, the degradation in that, again, the tie deck yeah. so ridiculously bad that there's something about these tyres and this track that's just... There's stuff going on that you wouldn't normally expect. Like, when would you ever expect teams to not run a sec, not do a second run in in quality in the final session? Yeah, it's not that they know they're not going to find the time. It's that they it, it's a viable option because the deg is so bad to mm. keep the tire to think about the race. It, it, it renders quality less relevant because you you're more worried about tire wear, which is just not the way. You really want to yeah. be racing, but it was, hope, it was weird for sure. Hopefully, it's a problem unique to this track and not to, and it doesn't sort of spread across to other tracks. Track um, problem, not a tire problem. Yeah, but I think if if it's your first race, back to Devries, if it's your first race in Formula One, your first proper for your team. I know it's not his strictly his first race for Formula in Formula One, but it's a very different situation to the race that he did compete in in Italy, isn't it? 
So yeah, for sure, for sure. It, it brand new car, like new situation for him. I think it'd be very, very difficult. Um, and he, you know, yeah, he, he's not he's not set the world on fire, but it's his, it's his, really it's his first F one. He's a rookie still, so let's let's give him a chance. Yeah, definitely. Um, Haas, really impressive from Hulkenberg in qualifying, got through to Q3, started 10th. He had a really good run on Saturday. Mm. But again, it's only one race, but it kind of looked a bit like the Haas of old that can qualify yeah. well and then just yeah, go backwards in the race, didn't it? It wasn't the best race pace no. at all. Little worrying for them. Let's hope mm. it again is uh, a circuit and a deg thing and there's a bit more from them. Before we mention McLaren, though, I would probably say about everybody else but McLaren this weekend, <laughs> there's elements there of basically from the front runners down, anyone like that midfield, anyone can mix it up at any given time. Mm. There's There's some cars that are looking better on one lap pace. There's other cars that are looking better on race pace. And there's some that are like sort of middle of the road on both. And it's kind of causing that everyone from essentially Mercedes down is a bit of a lottery in terms of, and you've got, you've got teams that are finishing way down the order in qualifying, but being able to make up really good race pace time. Um, Like, I mean, I think the Alpha Tower is maybe a good example of that. Like, they weren't really anywhere in qualifying realistically and they've maintained good race pace to make up positions or and, and you know, the freeze and, and I can't think where Yuki qualify. Where did Yuki qualify in the end? Uh um, about maintained? He was somewhere in the, it, or did he, he didn't uh, get to 14th. Yeah, yeah, he was so 14th. There you go. So he's made up places. And then the Haas is like the opposite problem of the one lap pace looks like it's there. I, I know K-Mag started where he did, but they've said themselves like that was just a setup problem and they could see what they got right with Hulkenberg's car to what they got wrong with Magnussen. So they, they threw on top of that, but the race pace just wasn't there. And then the Williams is a bit, I guess in the middle somewhere, like it's not terribly awful in either, but it's not setting the world alight in either. So it's, it just mixes a whole bunch of those teams up. I think, yeah. which I think is you, you, are, you only have to look good. at quality. You only have to look at quality and yeah. see yeah. like the first session, like for, I think from first place to 18th, there was like 0.9 seconds. Yeah, yeah that it was. Yeah, I was literally just looking at it. Or it might be 1.2 or 0.9. No, 0.9, you're right. Less than and a second then, for the whole grid. And then the in Q2, the top 10 was like 0.7 seconds between them as well. So it was only when we yeah. got to final qualifying Q3 that it was... Um, it, the spread was a little bit more but even then you know mm-hmm. it's not since 2000 and I, I you know i reference this all the time but like 2009 qualifying every session was amazing because you just did not know out of those yeah. Top yeah. three or four teams who was going to be on pole position there's like eight cars in the mix for pole every single race and maybe we're a little bit of a way off mixing it for pole but they're all so close together that I think that grid every certainly in the first half of the season you're going to be getting some pretty mixed up grids I think which yeah, would be definitely. really really nice I would think so certainly hope so mm. um, which brings us on to McLaren mm. uh, McLaren actually said after the race that they thought they had pace for points if not for their reliability issues mm. I don't know about that guys <laughs> 
That's um, that's like the opposite of <laughs> this is like the opposite of Total Wolf's pessimism. This yeah, is like blind, blind optimism, faith optimism. That doesn't this is make fine. Sense. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> this the, yeah, is fine. They, they are personifying that meme right now. That this is fine meme. Yeah. Um, Piastri orange as well to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Piastri actually had a good start. And he was sort of flirting around this fight for the bottom end of the points briefly. And that's about the end of the positives, I can say. <laughs> um, his race ended early with an electrical issue. And then Norris had a pneumatic leak, which meant he had to pit every 10 laps to get mm-hmm. some more air for his car. He was running out of air, which is never a good sign. Yeah, lots of work to do at McLaren then. But, you know, I think... They could be one of those teams that as they understand their car more and get to grips with it and solve its problems, there may be some pace in there. Well, but... they've, they've basically said that this car, in this car in its current spec, they're not going to be developing for. They're basically developing like a major overhaul, essentially B-spec to bring in like... They're doing a Mercedes. Kind of, yeah. Um, you don't think... Mm. You don't think... Uh, onto a more interesting subject, maybe for a second. You don't think that Mercedes' supposed big upgrade for Imola is actually a B spec car, and the reason they're saying very first race they're coming out and saying all oh, this is because they've already got spec B in the works because it has been rumored, and it would be um, difficult during a cost cap, but you know it's not impossible. It's not. Because you're only making a, you're making a, basically you're making a new aero concept around the platform that you've got. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not like and the, and, the and Red Bull's it, on the same platform. Uh, sorry, the the Aston's on the same platform. So there's no reason why they can't change their aero and move things around a little bit to to match the Aston. Hell, just copy the yeah. Aston. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose as well, if there's elements of that chassis that are designed for what will be the B spec car, and they're put in A spec modifications from last year's aero on do you know what i mean like if it's not yeah. the proper perfect marriage because there is a b-spec aero scheme coming yeah. at some point you would expect it to be way off the pace because it's like it's, it's not the proper config for the car i guess yeah i, f- I think and, that's, and a that, str- that's, that's a bit of a stretch but yeah, yeah but that's an element of cost cutting though isn't it because if they're if they're gonna have to put the money in to do what you're suggesting, in theory, they're going to have to cut costs in places. And one would be is that, you know, there's essentially a core a core of the car that's ready for B-spec, but it's having to run with A-spec components yeah. un- it, until it, it, that's finished. It could totally be that they've seen stuff in the wind tunnel that didn't impress them about this concept yeah. and they've already started developing down. And started moving away from they got it as so, well, yeah. They got so far with this that it was like, okay, well, let's get this finished for the first races and then yeah. let's get a B-spec lined up. But again, this well, is wild, wild conjecture that we're making. Here, yeah, but we're always positive, right about everything. Saying. Here's a positive oh, yeah. for Mercedes, at least. The Aston Martin has got the same engine, gearbox, and I believe rear suspension. Yeah, it has. So... At the very least, like from that part of the car alone, like those bits it works. Work. <laughs> yeah, those bits work. Like you can build a good car around that. Yeah, I mean it's clearly core. aero. It's absolutely yeah, no doubt. It's a whole I aero mean, issue. I know a lot's been said about like oh they've just copied last year's Red Bull, but I think that's doing Aston Martin a disservice. I, like yeah, I don't. I, the, all, all, this is the first car that Dan follows, who was like Adrian Newey's 
protege who Aston Martin sort of poached from Red Bull a few years ago. This is the first car he's been involved yeah. with from the ground up, basically. And I think that is what we're seeing here more than anything. Yeah. And of, of course, it's going to have similar concepts to Red Bull because your lead aerodynamicist learned from the guys Same. that designs Red Bull. So, yeah. like, yeah. And, and when you've got a car that was performing as well as it was last year, anything that you can take from that and understand immediately, mm. you're going to probably try and implement into your car. Like, it's only when you're in the position of, like, say, a Ferrari and a Merc, where you've got your own people with your own philosophies. Everybody else down that grid is looking at what's performing well on each of the other top running cars. Of course, yeah. To copy it. So it's it's always going to be an element of that. Like how many cars start to look like the Mercedes when the Mercedes was the dominant one and so on? How many cars have actually seen a benefit in what Ferrari does from a side pod perspective and copied that? Like there's there's essentially kind of two schools of side pod this season. There's the mm. Red Bull approach and there's a Ferrari approach. And you can see the teams that have copied from whichever of those two, apart from Mercedes who did their own thing, which it sounds yeah. like won't be lasting much longer. One <laughs> thing I do find interesting about the Mercedes sort of aero configuration, the cannon section around the At engine back. has got the same dip in it that the Ferrari side pods do. Have you noticed that? There's like a, it's yeah. like a bath sub yes. configuration. It's sort of a weird shape, isn't it? Yeah, yeah which I... I find very very interesting. I don't know if it's they're probably not losing out anything there, but that obviously the concept of the Mercedes is so different from everything else that it's clearly yeah. gone the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> right, shall we go through the motions and pretend we don't all already know who driver of the day is going to be? <laughs> we can. Well, let, we can do that. I mean, let's let's talk about honourable mentions if we know who driver of the day is going to be. Yeah. So. I'd put Gasly name in the mm-hmm. hat. Um, I think after what was a bad qualifying session, the drive was solid. It was what you expect from Gasly, and he earned a point for it. And for a little while, held Festus lap as well. So I think there's a lot of um, positives to go Gasly's way in, in, in at least the race side of things. Okay. Um, we can't overlook Verstappen either. Just mm. uh, he was know. never losing that race. I think he getting was in, absolutely never losing that race. Getting in the car and driving down the shops on a Sunday afternoon doesn't constitute drive of the day for me. <laughs> I don't know, like that. Yeah, he's 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 been he's kept it together and he's driven the way he many perfect laps. Pumped in that gap at the start as well. Like it but, was a it was a hell of a drive. It's. It's what I think. This is the reason we rarely give this award to race winners, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very rare we give it to a race winner, and we're definitely not going to give it to the race winner today. But I I do not see how anyone could give him driver of the day when he's literally in, like, easily the fastest car with the best tyre degradation, no problems to solve really throughout the race, no no obstacles (laughs) whatsoever during the race, like, just get in the car and drive and that's all he had to do and he did it so yeah if you want to give someone drive of the day for getting the car and driving it then go ahead but <laughs> you'll be getting my vote but we're just delaying the inevitable here which is it's fernando alonso like it's 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 easy to get overexcited, but it was a fantastic drive like 
banging drive. The, the overtakes, he had to pull the pace he had, the way he kept the tyres alive. It was just fantastic. The hits he took along the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hits he made along the way. <laughs> just like the whole thing. Um, Brilliant. Sp- speaking of Alonso, let's move on to move of the day. <laughs> so we're in agreement, Alonso, drive of the day, everyone. Just so I think easily. Easily. Cool. Yeah. Move of the day. Move of the day. So, it's which of the choices. Alonso moves is it? Yeah, it? like Al- Alonso and Hamilton turn ten. Yeah, that was a wheel to wheel battle. Yeah, or was that no? That's or was that favorite. Russell? Was that no? Russell? No, which, turn ten. Which one turn went on for multiple corners? Was that Hamilton that was or Russell? Russell on lap thirteen. Sorry, that's Hamilton turn ten. To Hamilton turn ten's actually my favorite. Really? I've, re- I've just yeah. It's mine too. Oh, you don't a, overtake. You did an old switcheroo on him. Give, yeah, but give like every driver on that grid 10 attempts at that. Not many are pulling it off like yeah. Alonso did, I would say. That's not you, an overtaking spot in that scenario, I don't think. You see moves into that corner. Of F2 in, overtakes there. I was going to say F2 and F3 yeah, but, seat pulled off, but I can't think of many F1 passes into that no. corner like that. It was so good. It was. It was good. I, was, it was, I guess, like, it's a textbook overtake. Is he's, he's sort of gone down one side, then switched around to the other one, given mm-hmm. sold him a dummy, given him a switcheroo, then got better traction on the exit. You know, hit the apex, got better traction on the exit, and then pulled such away. Such a tough corner as well, though. Like, it is a very yeah. difficult corner. Almost when you got so much more corner. when you got so much more grip than the guy you're overtaking, though. It's. I don't know. I I feel like for me, it's a good move. I'm not questioning the quality of the move. It's a very good move. But I think he did better ones. That's all I'm saying. So That's fair. What was your favourite? I, I prefer the kind of overtake that lasts a few corners, like a proper battle. And that to me didn't... Yeah, there was a bit of a battle to it, but it was kind of an all, a foregone conclusion, I thought. I thought it was always going to happen. He always It had been coming a few laps. He had, you could see on the onboards how much later he was braking than Hamilton and how much traction he had, as you mentioned, Tom. On, on the exit of corners, he was always going to get that done relatively easily. I think the earlier ones where they were a little bit more comparable on on tired egg and, um, and traction are, are slightly better for me. So the well, the, the one earlier one that I mentioned, actually, sorry, is the Russell one on lap 13 where yeah. he went through, I think, turn four and then it, it went and went and went and then he eventually yeah. got it done on the way through I'm turn I'm just rewatching nine. it, actually, and it is good. It's a like the the wheel to wheel racing from both drivers in that situation to to have that awareness of the car next to them and to know where they are and where to put their own car to to keep that going and to not to not somehow not hit each other. Um, it's very very special driving for me. I think that it was, was a, a really really good move. Robust defense from Russell as well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. It, it was, was very, very good. Good racing, and then the, the even the science one as well. The science one was that was later than the Hamilton one, but that was also a, a, a another fun turn overtake. ten move. It was a, it was his exit of yeah. turn ten. He got on the traction, and it was it was a DRS move ultimately, but assisted by the the, the amazing traction. See, I think out of turn ten. I think that's the only thing that set the one on Hamilton apart from regular turn ten moves for me because. The one he did on science was more of a regular turn ten move, like the exit turn ten pre- rather than into yeah, pre- yeah, pressure yeah. pressure the guy in front to like locking up into that very tricky camber that's going into that corner down the hill, put that pressure on and click the apex and you know 
get the yeah. exit. That that's sort of the traditional way to do it. And the reason I like the ham the one he did in Hamilton was kind of it was a bit more like thrown through the corner rather than done on the exit. And don't get me wrong, there was like a lot of element of it, like it was the way he got out of the corner, but that was just a slight difference. But um, you could give it to pretty much anything he did through the race. Yeah, it, it I think interesting. With um, the ham- sorry, just really quickly with yeah, the Hamilton on. one. I think with the Hamilton one as well. I think the offboard camera made it look like a way more wild overtake than it was because possibly yeah the way the it, camera swung around as he did it, and it, it's like the camera wasn't quite expecting there to be an overtake there, and he just caught it <laughs> at the last second. When actually, when you see the onboard, it's a pretty straightforward overtake. He he, he goes to one side, he go he, he eases off the throttle, goes onto the other side, and gets him on the brakes or down the entire because he's got way more grip. I think so, McCheco sums it up fairly well in the Discord chat, to be fair, though, just saying basically all three of the ones we've discussed would easily be move of the day yeah, on their own if it happened on different weeks. Yeah, which absolutely. means you just basically give it to Alonso again, don't you? Yeah. Alonso, it's interesting, actually. Um, I don't know if you saw Alonso talking to Anthony Davidson after the race about the two moves he didn't turn 10 on Hamilton and Sainz. And Alonso basically said both times he approached it exactly the same. He had his car position in exactly the same place and just waited to see what the other driver did and react yeah. because Hamilton yeah. stuck to the racing line. He jinked to the inside and put it down the inside. Because Sainz defended the inside, Alonso just was like, well, I'll just take the normal racing line, get you on the exit. Like It was just a, a purely yeah. reactive based on what the other driver chose to do. Masterclass for, for him. For him to be able to say that though means that he had a lot more grip. <laughs> if he can re- and wait a lot more confidence and react, in the car. he had so much more confidence in his car and so much more grip than either of those two cars. Because f- to be able to wait and see the decision the driver ahead makes, and then be able to, to have to still have time in the braking zone to react and have the ability with your car to do that requires lots and lots and lots of grip. So, yeah, there's a there's for me with those two moves, there's a clear grip differential there, and I'm not you know. I'm not shouting them down. They're both still really, really good moves. I'm just bigging up my Russell on lap 13 move more. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, right, and, and then... Sonoda on De, uh, De Vries. Sonoda on De Vries and Joe. Uh, exit of turn four and down the straight. DRS, but like two two cars down one straight, one on the exit and one you know, down the straight. I think that's pretty hot. Yeah. Worth a mention. Worth mention for sure. Uh, and then the final award. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? There's a few obvious ones. I mean, just everything going on at McLaren, everything going on at Ferrari. Ocon's entire day, I think, is a good candidate. Oh, that's very yeah. good, yeah. I mean, Ocon, what was, who, who tweeted it? Which one of you did it? I'm assuming it was Chris. Ocon is collecting penalty, yes. penalty minutes like he's... Penalty minutes, you can tell I've been watching hockey. <laughs> <laughs> he's collecting penalties like he's collecting Pokemon or whatever it was. Yeah, got to catch them all. <laughs> got to catch them all. Um, hmm. I mean, the, the, the chatter suggesting Stroll nearly taking out Alonso on the first lap, which is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw this. The one for me was, so they had that like LED platform thing for the winning driver to drive onto. Yes. Verstappen had a really hard time getting his car up onto it in the first place. It like it was. He seemed to struggle to get it up that incline and over the sort of lip. And then, like it was being shot from a camera, I assume a helicam from above, and you just see one of the 
ramp pieces as his rear wheel spins up, just shoot out backwards. And then the camera pans across and it's just lodged under the front of Paris's car. <laughs> I mean, so that is, like, that's really dangerous. <laughs> really in, bad. The in, speed he came out was ridiculous. In definition of how we sometimes define this award, that is kind of one of them. Just crazy circumstances that silly things you that don't see happen. very often. Yeah, it shouldn't happen, but have somehow. I think that, yeah. that fits the bill. I'd not even noticed that. I think f- for me, I think it is a more race-led one. I think um, Ocon's penalties was banter. <laughs> and I feel like the FIA were just like coming down so hard on him by the sounds of it as well. I know mean, rules are rules. And these are all on like automatic systems as well. So yeah, yeah. I don't know how they've spotted the mechanic getting the 0.4. I mean, half a second is nearly half a second. That's quite a lot. So it's just an overeager mechanic. So it's very unlucky. Yeah, I mean, no, no point for. No, Ocon's day is definitely the, one of the bigger kind. It's what I had before. Chris told me about pieces of ramp flying under cars. <laughs> Ocon's <laughs> first ever sim race. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I think yeah, that, that's I, it. That is the WTF. Yeah, I can go with that. Um, All righty. Do you want me Tom, to go through some predictions? Please do. We're, we're back with that jazz. So. For us, it was actually a moderately successful week. I mean, we got eight points between the three of us. That's much better That's than most going. weeks for us, I guess. Does that just show how predictable the season already is? Does it just mean well, we're I think doing a bit I'm, better I think this year? <laughs> I reckon I'm guaranteed two points a week from now on. So uh, It feels that way, doesn't it? It's so, looking a bit, isn't it? Yeah, so... Most of us had, in fact, we all had Verstappen for the win. Let's put that out there. We all had that. Uh, Stu and I both also had Verstappen for fastest in Q3. Um, I had Piastri for first DNF. Chris was pretty close because you had Norris. I know he didn't actually DNF, but he could easily have had with some of the Tried real hard. Yeah. Um, And then me and you, Chris, as well, had 17 finishes. Um, And against two different people have slightly different days yours was far up with 18 so yeah um points scored there so many people managed to get the exact same set of predictions as me whether they took inspiration or it's just coincidence <laughs> i have no idea but a lot of people scored four points and people that did score four points had exactly the same prediction set as me so congrats to all you people um Impressively, um, 399 people overall scored points this week. Wow. Which is really, really good. Uh, especially for a first race of the season. I, think I mean, that's more people than has ever scored points in any season we've ever done. That's amazing. I, 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 I tried to check, but I'd have had to go back and check every race. Um, so I don't know if it's definitely the most point scorers we've had in a first race from what I can see. I don't know if it's the most scores we've ever had in a race full stop. I'd have to go back and check them all. But it's very impressive nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, it's it could be an interesting run this year <laughs> with that many people scoring points already. <laughs> um, yeah. Jumping over to Grid Rival. Um, oh, go on. So, do you want to say something about predictions? No, I just had a quick look. Uh, actually, five people got Ocon's finishing position right that is more than i expected there to be yes there was a there was a nice little chunk i did check um there's a little chunk of people that got ocon's position right um so for those who are newer to this ocon dnf'd yes but we count the position that he was 
in at the time. Well, we count the position, it, it kind of puts him down to. So two people have DNF before him, which makes him 18th place. So there was about, as Chris says, about four or five people that managed to get that as well. So if you're correct on that, well done. Um, and yeah, then there's Grid Rival as well. Um, so we had three people leading the way. We'd got Dreaded Beard with 1,101 points. We've got uh, Wingman ZXZ with 1,070 points. And Dan, with lots of numbers after his name, who is on 1,069 points. Um, so congrats to you. Nice. <laughs> congrats to Dan with lots of numbers after his name in particular for his score in 69. Stu apparently likes that. Nice. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to check your... Uh, predictions league status just head to the back of the grid.com there's a nice new button in there that takes you straight to wherever you are so you don't have to try and find yourself it was a popular demand towards the end of last season when we had so many people so they should once you signed in now be a like jump to me button and it should show you where you were in the results of each race and then show you where you are in the standings if it's broke I'm sorry but I'll fix it tell me <laughs> it should work though um, I tested it today once the results went in, so should be all good. Um, and then, yeah, there's a link on there to Grid Rival. We haven't set up an F1 Fantasy official league, but people keep asking us. And So if you've made a team and you've started earning points, your points will carry into a league. I'll go set one up today because I didn't realize how many people still wanted an official F1 Fantasy league. Um, I made a team. I don't know if you guys did, but I, have I not did. not made a team yet. Okay, no, so you'll all be just... It. <laughs> yeah, you haven't even done a grid rival, rival one, have you? No. Go. I'm going to do it though. I'm going to just start with a 1,000 point disadvantage, obviously. Yeah. I mean, and then when you win, it'll be all the more impressive. It's stranger things have happened. I I won the <laughs> F1 fantasy league against my F1 colleagues in like one exactly. Year. And I start. Yeah. I think I missed like one or two races of that. So it's, it's not impossible. So. We'll sort that out and put out a link for that. Um, and that, yeah, that is it for predictions. It's a bit of an easier one this week. There's no like weird stats to throw out there because it's first race of the season. Yeah. I so, can confirm the button does work as well. <laughs> Thank great goodness news. for 324th. that. 324. <laughs> some live QA <laughs> on the website. Scrolling for so long. I was like, is it I broken? Mean, if, if anyone happened to check it for the half hour, um, like prior to the show recording, they will have probably seen an error because I had a, a typo in something. So there was an error for about half an hour that, until I came to test it and I was like, whoops, shouldn't have uploaded that. <laughs> the joys of doing dev last minute. Anyway, that's that's my real job, not this. Let's move on. Inbox. <laughs> Inbox. Keep me saying now. Stay, stay on. Hey, man. Okay, I'll take the first one. Um, Chill Brigade, dubstep language. Charlie Brigden. No, it's Charlie, Charlie Brigden. Charlie, Charlie Brigden with Charlie no vowels. Charlie Brigden. Charlie Brigden. Charlie Brigden. Um, says, hey, hey man, um, what do you think about palm tree cam? I think <laughs> that was my favorite of the tree cams we've seen so far. Could actually see the cars and their position on track whilst getting a tasteful dose of palm trees. Uh, I, that, 
palm trees do appear to be the if you're going to have a tree cam it appears that palm trees are the optimum tree to do it with because <laughs> unlike um poor Ricard, you could see more than just trees so yeah i appreciate the attempt at creativity that's my response to that <laughs> i'd ra- but i'd rather just see the cars yeah yeah i'm here i'm here for this. <laughs> here for the cars stay for the trees right <laughs> like <laughs> 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 Such a weird... <laughs> That's I'll completely do... just derailed everything there. <laughs> I'll do the next one. Um, from Benson. Hey, man, do you think Mercedes will do a reverse testing 2022 and show up in a few races time with normal-looking side pods after Toto's comments post-quality in the race? And Stephen Barlow also asked, will Mercedes bring a complete new concept of side pods within the next few months ready for next season? Keep up the great conversations. Love the podcast. Thank you, Stephen Barlow. Thanks, Steve. Kind of covered this a little bit, haven't we? A little bit, yeah. Um... It's possible. It's not impossible. I think it's not impossible that they'll show up at Imola. This this supposed, um, you know, huge upgrade they've got already in the works could could be could be just that. But and hopefully it is. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I. I wouldn't be surprised either way to me. I wouldn't be surprised if they just didn't develop this car at all and pumped everything from now into next season's car to 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 try and you know get ahead of the budget cap. I think that's the only if they're if they're serious about making their car better, then get a new concept going, put what you can from that concept on this car, and yeah. then really concentrate on getting next season's car right. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? Use real running to yeah. to test yeah. components if that's what it's you're doing. Literally every Why session not? is a test session this season. Exactly. For, for, Why not? For a Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, next one. Yeah, uh, Stephen H says, Hola, hombre. A nice variation of, hey, man. Hate to overreact, but am I right to be worried that the cost cap meant to introduce parity is only going to cement the status quo, as in Red Bull's been miles ahead? Um, since teams that have whiffed on their concept now can't spend their way out of it, is there enough of a difference between wind tunnel time, um, between, for example, a second or third place team compared to a Red Bull in first that would allow the likes of Ferrari or Mercedes to catch up? If not, are they just risking having new fans tune out when the only constant on track action is over third place at best and then on a kind of similar point uh yuji misto says do the fia need to rethink their punishments for future budget cap breaches because make no mistake red bulls are the ones laughing right now so it's not quite the same thing because obviously the first thing is more about the budget cap but itself and what that's done and then the second point is more about should red bull have ultimately been punished more Let's tackle these separately, I think. Yeah. So I can't remember which journalist it was, but somebody asked Christian Horner basically directly, like, uh, it, you know, basically it looks like the um, the difference in winter time and stuff like hasn't really affected you. Like, uh, you must be finding the whole thing very funny. And he basically said that all of that stuff is going to affect them next season far more than it did this season. Because by the time, the amount of time it took them to hash out all of these numbers last year, it was kind of, a lot of teams were already deep into the development for this year's cars. So 
there is going to be a little bit of a delay. Yeah, like a bit a of a lag in, in the yeah. system. Yeah. So I think it's maybe too early to say that that particular bit of the system doesn't work. Um, the cost cap stopping people spending their way out of problems. It's, it's, it's a double-edged hard, sword, isn't it? It is, yeah. Because yeah, the options are you can't spend your way out of the problems or only the richest teams can spend their way out of problems. And like, I think I'd rather have everyone in the same boat than it just be down to who's got the most money. Yeah. And yeah. By the, I, think, I think that's where I sort of lie with that. I agree with that. Yeah. And I think with the, just by progression of time as well, like it's just not possible for one team to continuously be this much quicker across even across the season they'll slowly get caught up because it's diminishing returns right everyone's yeah. eventually gonna you know you can only get so much out of your concept and red bull with with everything in mind with everything you christian honor said in that interview that chris just told us about in mind red bull will be looking at this season going we really need to win this season because it's yeah. going to be a lot more could be a lot more difficult for us next year given everything um yes you know they are going to develop this car and it'll, it will progress through into next season, but still like they are going to have a lot less winter time. It is going to give people the opportunity to catch up not only across this season, but also during the off season into next year. So yeah, it's, I agree. It's a bit early to say, but yeah. it is a worry. It, I think it is a worry. I think when you, when you do develop, especially for a top team, when you develop yourself into a cul-de-sac and there's, there's, you've already spent all your money and there's no option the knowledge is there and the budget would otherwise be there to make it into a comp- make it into an actual competition and not have one team running away. I think that's that's a little bit of an unwanted side effect of these rules that's come about from just purely from Red Bull being so bloody dominant. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think I agree as well that the when it comes to the aero restrictions and stuff like that, I think yeah, you're probably gonna see that pan out over two or three seasons and it essentially means that a team like Red Bull's got to be far more careful in where they spend that time um, which means the the upgrades are going to be lessened because they can't just throw time at like any slight thing that they think might pose a, an advantage they've got to be more considerate with that with that time so yeah I think I think the that is one that we'll definitely see over time. Um and I would say with the cost cap stuff, it's again, it's a little bit early to tell, but I'm I would much rather everyone be stuck in the same sort of boat, um, like Stu says and, and Chris said it to be fair. Like I'd much rather everyone kinda of be in the same position of we know the limits and if you're gonna take a good good old risk and develop your car with no side pods as an example and then find that it doesn't work and you want to develop your way out of it it's kind of your fault if you've spent your development budget on developing a car with no side pods as an example um yeah or if you're ferrari and you spend it all on aero and not reliability again (laughs) your own fault do the few more euros in the uh control electronics department yeah um, or if you're Aston Martin, you spend it all on the Nandalorian. <laughs> I mean, it's it's working. The Nandalorian's a great name for him. Please tell me that's yours and not random internet persons. That is mine. Like, I came up with that the other day. Copyrighted right now. Yeah, I'm back it's very good. good. It's yeah, ours. Big fan. 
It's for use here by you only. Add it to the list of potential episode titles and then it'll be officially written down somewhere. Yeah, that's got it. Three. Oh, we got three of that's them. it. The Nandalorian is now... That's it. It's <laughs> got three to, good potentials. Three it's, good potentials it's, the na- it's the Nandalorian with a TM and a copyright. That's it. It's happening. <laughs> okay, next one uh, is from Blaze2010. Uh, he says, hey man, or she says, hey man, um, Checo made the joke about three Red Bulls on the podium, but can we really appreciate how good a job Dan Fallows has done? Yes, we can. Yes, I don't appreciate it. I do not appreciate that joke from Checo, actually. <laughs> I think he's a bit out of order there. It's, it, yeah, even, like, it just shows you that even when Rebel are winning, they're salty, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I I much more enjoyed Alonso's joke of, well, we'll have no wind tunnel time next year anyway. <laughs> Yeah. In time in time for Aston Martin <laughs> having their new wind tunnel built in ready. <laughs> that's good. See, that's a good joke. Um right, last question this week from Corizilla Zombie Killer. That's the name we've not seen for a little while. Mm. Uh, yeah, well, good to have you back in the back. inbox. How fast do you think McLaren will bounce back this season, or even if they will at all? Mm. It's hard to say. Very hard to say. I think first three races are going to be very, very, very difficult for them. Mm-hmm. And I think after that, you could maybe start to, to say about Imola, you might be sort of thinking about glimmers of hope for them. Mm-hmm. But um, there's no denying it's been a very, very, very trying start for them. If they're serious about what sounds like a proper B-spec car they're going to bring, that's a bit of a do-or-die thing, isn't it? In Again, in the... Yeah in the budget cap era. If that works, great. If it, that doesn't work, then I think that's unfortunately going to be game over for them pretty early in the season. I'll make every McLaren fan that listens to this podcast a promise right now. I will not wear another McLaren hat on a race <laughs> Sunday for the rest of the season. I am sorry. I am truly sorry. I am You're welcome. stupid. I am stupid. <laughs> I should have put the Red Bull hat on. I should have put the Red Bull hat yeah. on. <laughs> oh, dear. Alas. Well. And that's it. That that wraps up the first race review of the season. Um, if the rest of them are as good as that race, I think I'll be pretty satisfied with the season of Formula 1 there. Yeah, I can agree with that. Let's just hope for... A slightly closer fight at the very front. That's, I think, the one thing I really want. But um, thoroughly entertaining all the same and just looks very close, everyone except for Red Bull, basically, doesn't it? Which is not a bad place to be. Mm, There's Um, better places to be, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, it'd be better if everyone was close and you didn't know who was going to be. That would be ideal, but... (laughs) If if the lead team weren't a minute up the road from their nearest competitors... It's early days. It's early days. Let's see what the next couple of races bring. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, final caveat of this race is it is, you know, night race and on that surface, like, and with these new tyres, I think... I would not be surprised if there was some wildly different results popping up in the first few races from this it's funny because after testing it was really hard to tell what the competitive order was and then even through q1 and q2 it felt like no one was like fully showing their hand at the front and now we've had a q3 and a race and i still don't feel like we can definitively say 
we really know the competitive order. No. Which is exciting. It's It's really exciting. It makes me very excited for the next race, even though that next race happens to be at one of the worst uh, tracks on the calendar. But we'll talk about that. Actually, we won't talk about that next weekend. Um, At least not all of us, because me and you, Stu, are on holiday next week. So Tom will be back next week with... We'll figure out who to preview the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. It might just be Tom and a microphone. One one for all the Tom heads out there. Um, But... That's something we'll figure it's out either gonna, next It's either going to be a really well-performing episode or a really crap-performing episode. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I mean, if it is, we know what to do. <laughs> we, we finally yeah, got yeah. it. We, we, we got it. We've got a decision on the formula for the show one way or another. <laughs> but until then, thank you all very much for joining us. If you want to get in touch with us, as always, we're in all the usual places, Twitter, Facebook, backofgrid.com, where there's a contact us form. You can see how you did in the Predictions League and you can find a link to our grid rival. Tom will be back next week. Me and Stu will talk to you in a couple of weeks' time to review the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. But until then, it is goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.